This is Optimal Finance Daily, episode 844. In real estate, money is made on the purchase, not on the sale, part one, by Sam of financialsamurai.com. And I am Dan, the guy who reads to you from some of the best blogs on personal finance and actually business as well. You can hear me narrate articles all about management, entrepreneurship, freelancing, productivity, creativity, marketing, social media, and so much more over on the podcast Optimal Business Daily, which you can find wherever you're hearing this, in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast content. And before we get to our post for today, you know, hiring used to be pretty hard. Multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, a confusing review process. But today, hiring can be easy with ZipRecruiter, where four out of five employees who post a job get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And now my listeners can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com OFD. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Now let's get right to our post as we optimize your life. In real estate, money is made on the purchase, not on the sale. Part one by Sam of FinancialSamurai.com. Soon after sharing my ill-timed purchase on a Lake Tahoe vacation property, an interesting thing happened. A nearby house on the same side of my street sold for $1.56 million. The house is the same style as mine with a similar floor plan, but it has a 20% smaller lot and slightly inferior views due to a couple of trees blocking the ocean. The neighboring house was in mediocre shape, just like my house was when I purchased it for $1.23 million in early 2014. Basic math shows an approximate 27% appreciation in 2.3 years, or a 134% cash-on-cash return based on a 20% down payment. In retrospect, parlaying an expired 4% yielding CD into San Francisco real estate was a good move so far. Let's see how much the market corrects this time around. I invited the selling agents, Nancy and Bob, over after the sale to get the skinny on the market and provide an assessment of my home. After about four days of deliberation, they sent me a detailed valuation analysis report and said they were 85% certain they'd be able to get at least 1.85 million to 1.9 million for my house. The total return would therefore be 31 to 35%, or a 155 to 175% cash-on-cash return on the down payment if you include my approximately 170,000 in remodeling costs. So the gross profits equals 440 to $490,000. All these figures don't mean anything until my property actually sells. These figures are just nice to know in case I change my mind about holding San Francisco property forever. No other international city is so cheap with so many growing companies paying so well. If you have the proper skill set, your income potential is incredible. Check out the average salaries of software engineers for some of the largest tech internet firms. Multiply these salaries by two, and you've got a typical home buyer on the West Coast. Money is made on the purchase. Here's where things got interesting. Nancy and Bob mentioned that they were the realtors who represented the only other competing buyer on my house back in 2014. John, the listing agent from 2014, was from out of town and listed my property as a favor to the sellers because he grew up in the house next door before he went off to college. He represented two sisters who moved to Washington. At age 73, John retired years ago from his day job in manufacturing. The original asking price for my house was $1.24 million, and I offered $1.18 million because it was on the market for four weeks already, on the longer end for San Francisco standards. John had an offer date at the end of the third week but didn't receive anything good enough for them to accept. 
John wasn't happy with my $1.18 million offer because his buyers were expecting, quote, way over asking in the $1.4 to $1.5 million range. But John accepted my verbal offer after I told him I'd work directly with him so he wouldn't have to pay the buyer's agent their half of the total commission, which would be around $30,000. Having the selling agent represent you is a great strategy if you know what you're doing and trust the person. I remember sitting down with John at the 1940s kitchen table, listening to all his stories about the neighborhood growing up. He told me about a famous author that lived close by in the 60s. He mentioned how the builder, Henry Dolger, lived in the mansion across the way. I even asked him for some life advice if he was 37 again. He said, I would have saved more. After a couple of hours of getting to know each other, we shook hands old school style about my $1.18 million offer and my promise of working with him to make the transaction as smooth as possible. We hadn't signed any papers yet, but I felt he was someone I could trust. The squeeze. A day later, John came back to me all conflicted and said he had another higher offer that he had to present to the sellers. Buyers seem to come out of the woodwork once they know an initial offer has been placed. Although disappointed, it was his fiduciary duty to his sellers to present all offers. I already knew I was getting a deal at 60000 under asking based on the comps at the time. He was a retired agent who poorly marketed the property. He had zero pictures on the MLS and a broken for sale sign in the window. He didn't know how to leverage the internet, which was why the property was so undermarketed. I just happened to be driving around the neighborhood looking for Ocean View homes when I saw that broken for sale sign. After a long walk in the park, I called John and begrudgingly raised my offer price by $50,000 to $1.23 million. I told him this was my best and final offer. I reminded him of our handshake agreement as well. Once he heard the news, he told me he would ignore the other buyer no matter what they countered. Until now, I always wondered whether John was a grandmaster negotiator who bullshitted me into raising my offer price with a fake, I've got another higher offer, move. It's a common tactic to create emotional anxiety in potential buyers to raise their offers. Now I know he was being honest. To be continued. You just listened to part one of the post titled, In Real Estate, Money is Made on the Purchase, Not on the Sale, by Sam of FinancialSamurai.com. And thank you again to ZipRecruiter. Hiring is challenging, but there's one place you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart a place where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates. That place is ZipRecruiter.com OFD. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ziprecruiter.com OFD. That's ziprecruiter.com OFD. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And before we go, one last time, I have taken over the hosting duties for one of the newer shows in our network, Optimal Business Daily, and there you can hear me narrate from a bunch of popular business bloggers every day of the week, including many of the authors that you hear on this show. And that's gonna do it for today's episode of Optimal Finance Daily. Have a great rest of your day, and I'm gonna see you right back here tomorrow in the Friday show. That's where we will finish up this post from Sam and where your optimal life awaits.